It was late in the first century. It was the time of the Roman Empire. And the sky was barely visible. A curtain of clouds shimmering down rain. Something we can relate to lately. And the mist in the air was moistening the faces of the hundreds of people who were climbing up a grassy, wet hill. They had all made the journey across a choppy Aegean Sea to the island of Patmos. And among the hundreds was a stern-looking, balding man with his young son. And his son had very curly hair, dark curly hair, and it was damp because of the rain. And the boy said, do you think he'll really be there? Of course, son, that's why all of us are here. And the boy looked up the sharp incline of the hill. There was a first summit that had a clearing of grass, and then the final summit was very rocky. But as the boy looked out into the ocean, all he could see was gray, misty waters out to the horizon. And this long line was an international line of travelers. Different languages were being spoken, different social classes were present, different races were represented. They all come on a Sunday to this island to see a man. John, son of Zebedee, theologian, apostle, evangelist. The last living apostle. And the shuffling of sandals was a liturgy unto itself. And just someone cried out and the sandals stopped. I, I see him, I see John. And the crowd gathered on the first summit of the hill in the grassy clearing. But because everybody was standing, the boy couldn't see. And very unusually, his father picked him up and set him on his shoulders. And there was an ancient man being carried on a stretcher. The boy was silent. The father was silent. All were silent. It was said that John lived up on the final summit of the hill in a cave with some choice disciples. And these choice disciples were now carefully setting the aged apostle down, propping him up against a stone as the prayers for the Eucharist began. And when it came time for the apostle to preach, everybody had to lean in because John's voice wasn't much more than a whisper. And in the sermon, the apostle kept repeating the same thing over and over. Children, love one another. Children, love one another. This story is one of many we find outside of the Holy Scriptures about our patron saint. 
Not St. John the Baptist, but John the Apostle. John was the youngest of the twelve. Some say maybe even still a teenager. When he and his big brother James left their fisherman father Zebedee in the boat to follow Jesus. Uh, John was not exactly the gentlest of souls as a young man. His dad was a commercial fisherman. He was a fisherman. He was tanned from long hours out in the sun. He was strong from years of hauling in nets. And when he follows Jesus, he does so with a thunderous zeal. In fact, he tattletales on another exorcist to Jesus. He says, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. And we tried to stop him because he doesn't follow with us. And then on another occasion, he and his big brother James suggest to Jesus, after a Samaritan village refuses to receive them, they say, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Well, in both cases, Jesus rebukes John. The brothers were nicknamed the Sons of Thunder. I wish that had been my nickname. Now, they were not kindly, shy, Sunday school types. They were rough and rowdy fishermen, ready to rumble for the Lord's honor. But Jesus saw something in John. He saw who John could become. And so Jesus patiently, persistently discipled the boy. And as it turned out, James and John and Peter, remember Peter, became a part of the inner circle of the apostles. Which means that John saw virtually all of our Lord's earthly ministry. Including that mysterious event called the Transfiguration. I imagine that the events of Holy Week must have been burned into John's mind. The betrayal by one of their own. The crowds, joyful at one time, accusing at another. The verbal ridicule, the beatings that Jesus endured. And of course, the crucifixion. Because John stood there at the cross with Jesus' mother. And from the cross, Jesus says these well-known words. He looks to his mother from the cross, and Jesus says, Woman, here is your son. And then he looks to John, and Jesus says, Here is your mother. And the scriptures tell us that from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. It's fitting, then, that a church named St. John's would have a lady chapel, where we, like John, have taken Mary into our home. John was there when the resurrected Jesus appeared to the apostles. John was there when the early church, this little ragtag group of nobodies, exploded in growth across the known world by the power of the Spirit through the preaching of Peter and Paul. John saw the early Christians love each other across class and race and political divides. John saw the early Christians taken orphans 
In a society that routinely ridiculed them, hated them, and ignored them. They took them in as their own. And John saw the early Christians care for the sick and the dying. A task nobody else wanted to do. And John saw the early Christians beaten and bruised and murdered because they refused to renounce Christ. In short, John saw lives transformed by love. His life had been transformed by love. Love rooted in the life and death and in the resurrection, the crucifixion, the life and teachings, all of that of Jesus, his life had been transformed. And because of John's life and because of his writings, he is sometimes also known as the Apostle of Love. In the gospel that bears his name, in a verse that you've never heard before, John 3.16, we hear these words, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. After the Eucharist, the Father and the Son and all others who've gathered start making their way down the grassy hill toward the docks, toward the shore. And the sun has now come out, warming their foreheads, gleaming on the grass and glittering across the ocean waves. And the breeze is full of the smell of salt. And the soft lyrics of birds mingles with the soft chatter of departing worshipers. The boy is silent for a long time. And then he looks up at his father and he says, Dad, I heard people saying that that he says that every Sunday. Children love one another. Children love one another. Well, why does he do that? And his father said, well, I do know why, because I heard other people talking about that. And he puts his arm around his son's shoulder as they walk toward the beach. And he says, one of his disciples once asked him that question and said, Teacher, why is it every Sunday you repeat, children love one another? Children love one another. And John answered, because the Master kept repeating it over and over 